the failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. We need a president who respects science, who understands that the damage from climate change is already here. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon East Off. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista, Series 2, The Manifesto. I'm Ian Collins. It's Friday morning, which means we jump through the green window. Dale Vince is the man with the environmental files. Morning to you, Dale. Yeah, morning. Morning. Um, I, nearly said, I nearly said morning, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, no, morning, who is this mysterious Mike that appears every now and again? He's he's never far away. Um, so listen, let's start with this, because I was fascinated by this, because the headline is that planners are still able to ignore climate change when planning roads. Um, and this is something I'd long kind of suspected, that there are certain projects that go ahead where they don't have to have the kind of considerations that other areas of life might do. What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, this is a consistent problem across national planning guidance or or, or even regulation. And, you know, we, along with the Good Law Project, we challenged energy policy uh, probably well over a year ago now for the very same reason, which is that it was written at a time before Paris came along and we signed up to those obligations and before we wrote into law our own zero carbon by 2050 uh, policy as a country. And the simple argument is that the policy for planning for roads, for airports uh, and for power stations is out of date and needs to be changed. And what the government have been consistently is really slow to accept that. And when they do accept that they need to review that, to be really vague about when they will review that. And in this case, in particular with roads, Grant Shapps has said that uh, he will review it now, but um, it's going to take two years. And in the meantime, business as usual, guys. We, We judge roads by the current standard. So it's going to take, why does it take two years? <laughs> Come on, question. Dale, why does it take two years? <laughs> I think we have to ask Grant that question. Why the fuck, Grant, does it take two I mean, years? T- just so, This is the thing. Uh, it's the only area where I think Dominic Cummings was probably a force for good, because I think he probably was the bloke that had walked in and gone, why does this take two years? You need that voice, don't you? Because surely if you were Grant Shapps and somebody said to you, hey, boss, we've got the answer, it's going to take two years. Wouldn't you go back and say, sorry, you're going to do this in two weeks, end of? Yeah, you know what? I I think it's the medium grass in it, a version of the long grass kicking it into. It's just like, yeah, well, we're going to get around to this. It's not urgent, you know. I mean, it's a bit like the inquiry into the government's handling of the pandemic. You know, we're going to have one, but, well, we won't start for another year, and then it'll take two years to have it. And by the time it lands, we'll have had another election. Yeah. Uh, here's a question by way of some light relief, well, sort of light relief, from Toby on Facebook, who says, uh, important one this, do you celebrate glorious weather like we've had this week or see it as really bad, a bad sign? I find myself torn between celebrating a heat wave these days. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the weather, actually. Um, you know, I like a bit of sunshine, uh, but the kind of weather we've been having uh, it's too much for me. I mean, uh, firstly, it's too hot. I don't like it that hot. But, you know, I do have these same kind of concerns about the climate crisis. This is what this is evidence of. And it's not just in Britain. You know, it's happened in the last couple of weeks globally. So we've had huge floods in China displacing, affecting millions of people. And Siberia, a country we think of as cold, is burning. You know, there are hundreds of wildfires out of control in the US. And they normally 
probably have wildfires, but they don't have it like this. And that's the same here in Britain. You know, we have rain and sun, but not like this. In June, we smashed our own records for heat and for wet, which is, an, you know, really kind of unusual combination, you might think. But this is the nature of the climate crisis. We're having bonkers weather. Yeah. Droughts, rain, and um, and heat waves, and and actually, it is a worrying picture. But at the same time, it's a good thing because I think people around the world, are, you know, going to wake up to the reality of the climate crisis because of it. Because it's not something now that's distant and happening in other parts of the world. You know, it's happening in the global north or the sure. or the west, however you like to describe the industrial world. You know, mm. we're talking Canada, the US, Europe, Britain. You know, we're feeling the effects of the climate crisis now. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, here's one about Airbus. Uh, this is interesting. Airbus to make climate neutral flights by 2035. But what do they mean by that? That is interesting because up until now, uh, both Airbus and Boeing had said that they were going to have electric planes in the sky by 2030. Yeah. But, a, but a quick look at that story, and Airbus are talking about using hydrogen as a fuel source, yeah. which, which could mean that they're talking about longer-range flights than they have been up until now. So the old story, 2030, was electric planes with a kind of range that could crisscross Europe. It may be that they're thinking of transatlantic-type flights using hydrogen as a fuel. They're definitely talking about carbon-neutral flying using hydrogen. Yeah. I mean, that's the way – or part of the way forward, right? Yeah, I think it'd be amazing, you know, because – Part of our big message here is that fighting the climate crisis, getting to zero carbon, isn't about giving everything up, and it's not about living a life of denial. It's mm. about doing things differently. And when people come forward with technology like this, it means we can enable the kind of travel that you know is essential by jet, like across the Atlantic. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. it's, it's very functional to be, able, to be able to do that, and we could do that on a climate-neutral basis. And that's a different vision of this future living to Absolutely. the one that uh, we've been stuck with up until now. Yeah. Question in from Colin, big fan of the podcast, guys. As you talk about food regularly, I wanted to tell you about my new website, which enables you to compare greenhouse gas emissions from different meals, because we all need to make people more aware of the environmental impact of food. Please check it out. It's co2menu.com. I'm happy to promote that. It's a cracking idea, Dale. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check it out as well. I haven't had the chance yet, but I love the idea. You know, carbon calculator for food. Uh, yeah. Why not? You know? CO2menu.com. If uh, anybody wants to go there, have a little. It sounds like a cracking idea. Colin, thank you for that. Um, but there's one thing I would say. Go on. In, in the whole food debate, the biggest change you can make, the lowest carbon diet you can have, forget the recipe per se, is just to take animals off your menu. I mean, that's a big, there's, there's fat, the true generalization. Absolutely. Right there, yeah. yeah. Uh, men cause more climate change than women. It's a very sexist headline. Didn't want to read that, Dale. <laughs> I don't know if it is a sexist headline. Uh, it's probably a, it's probably an accurate headline. I think it was uh, it was based on a study, and you know I can believe it. Yeah, it's a matter of fact, apparently. So we can't we can't argue about it. A team of European researchers compared the buying habits of Swedish men and women and compared the overall climate impact of their choices. Despite only spending two percent more money on consumer goods than women, men's purchases and behaviours caused sixteen percent more carbon emissions than women's. Wow. So it's down to the old shit we buy, isn't it? So it's gadgets, <laughs> gizmos, I don't know, that kind of stuff. I have I no guessed. idea. I have no idea what it's down to. I'm not Swedish anyway, so, you know. There, well, there I, is I, that. I'm not doing that. But are, are you a big consumer, though? I try not to be. For that reason or another reason? 
Oh, it just, I mean, just generally, it's, you know, kind of doesn't feel comfortable sure. um, to me. You know, I'm more of a minimalist at heart. Yeah. There's a whole documentary about that, by the way, Minimalist Living. I don't know if you've seen that. But no. Was it a big yeah. one? It was interesting. It was one of – I clocked it. Yeah, I'm a little slow here. Um, I, I clocked it, I think, on Apple TV or something, but it was um, – I think it's called The Minimalists. And it was people who'd – to be fair, to a lot of viewers would go, well, if I could afford to do that, because people who'd done quite well in life and then decided to reduce to, you know, I only have two shirts in the wardrobe, I only have one simple coffee maker, I don't have lots of opulence um, – but we're all living in fairly nice apartments, you know. So, but I get the point, isn't it? I mean, minimalism is something to be said about that. Simpler. I think the less said, the better. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're on a roll here. This I'm morning. on a roll today. Yeah. And Dale will be appearing on the North Pier Blackpool for the summer season <laughs> here every week. <laughs> uh, here's a headline Shooting groups unite to defend rural landscape and combat climate change. Uh, these are nine rural groups who say that the land management gamekeepers are providing crucially important contributions. They've come together uh, to continue producing, quote, biodiversity gain as well as ensuring the sustainability of wonderful wildlife. Wildlife. Uh, Lord Botham, as in the former cricketer, passionate shooter, said that the coalition, alongside rising game sales, proves that the haters who've tried to ban the sport have lost the battle. Lick your wounds, Dale Vince. Yeah, yeah. Well, I read the headline and I thought, wow, this is really funny. You know, these guys that like to shoot animals for fun are worried about the impact of the climate crisis on the landscape. But it doesn't sound like that. Now that you've read it, it sounds like actually a bunch of shooters are trying to kind of spin what it is they do for fun into something else like they're all yeah. now about land management and biodiversity. You know, it's anything but biodiversity what these what these people do to to raise creatures just to shoot them. So health things rubbish. Kind of is strange isn't it you haven't really got to know loads about the argument to work out that if somebody's advancing the premise that breeding lots of stuff like grouse and then letting it fly off so it can have its head blown off is good for the planet i mean you haven't got to know jack shit about the environment or about hunting to just see the the kind of obvious flaw in this ideology yeah, it's a bit right. weird. Yes. Uh, here's a question yeah. from Robin. Uh, back to football, back to the home ground here, Dale. Robin says, aren't those new pitch side screens at Forest Green worse than what you had there before for advertising? Have you gone digital? We've gone digital. So I'm uh, not quite sure what Robin means by worse, worse for advertising, worse for the environment. But I'm going to assume it's that one because that came up on social media. Wouldn't we be, be better off having uh, pieces of wood that are painted or have stickers on them, uh, you know, tending to get replaced every year and that kind of stuff? I think not. I think that, you know, there is more material and effort goes into making LED screens, but they do a completely different job. You know, they can entertain and inform. We're going to put climate related data onto those screens during a game we can't do that with wooden boards and they will last longer than wooden boards as well so it's a little bit kind of uh, apples and pears i would say to compare the two uh, and also this the united states will need to spend one trillion a year uh, that's one trillion a year that's more money than you've got dale to reach new climate goals <laughs> yeah <laughs> If I had that much money, Ian, I'd have a chopper, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you'd be flying. Well, you're already accused of having one of those flying around Gloucestershire willy-nilly. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't heard from him for a while, have we? Uh, no, we haven't. No, what, yeah. willy-nilly? Yes, no. willy-nilly, indeed. Um, so they've got to spend a trillion a year to reach their new goals. Yeah, I mean, it's just worth it, isn't it? I mean, 
Well, who could dis- who could dispute that? What do we get from that? We have a planet that we can live on. You know, the return of wildlife, clean air, clean water, decent food. You know, yeah. these are these are the benefits of fighting the climate crisis. It isn't just about avoiding bonkers weather. Mm. Um, so yeah, big whoop. I say trillion a year. Yeah, no, indeed. If that they, and they've got a trillion, of course, because they've got loads of money. <laughs> they've got that, a lot that, of trillions. Is, they've got a lot of trillions over there in the White House. Yeah. But that, I mean, the the point is, to me, as an outsider in in this, in some respects, Dale, I would have thought that a lot of what you need to do is actually it doesn't cost you anything um it's just a case of being considerate and doing the right thing but i guess there are implications well yeah i mean it depends on how you kind of uh, account for the cost of all of this you know our own climate change committee i think it was or no it was the national accounting or audit office put out a report that said it's going to cost like i don't know several hundred million for us to get to zero carbon approaching a trillion itself i think it wow. was of pounds but they said it's going to cost us more money and we'll have more economic harm impact to our economy if we don't act so it's actually cheaper to spend that money so where is it a cost if it's cheaper to spend the money to avoid the bad thing is that a cost yep. or is that a is that an economic uh, move to make i think it's an economic move to make obviously totally totally and, and ultimately you you come out you know, long-term better out the equation anyway. So it's in your own interest. Yeah. And I mean, look at the pandemic. We've spent 400 million pounds in one year in Britain fighting this pandemic, you know, and and that is, that is 40% of our carbon neutral by 2050 budget. So that's more than 10 years of a zero carbon budget all spent in one year, as Johnson would say, spaffed up the wall because we spent it on a virus that was caused by factory farming. One of the, the stupidest habits that we have. There we go. Dale, that's it for this episode. Oh, uh, so soon. I was just warming up. I know. You were right in the you were in the zone then. I thought there could be a whole monologue coming in. This could go on for some time. Uh, we'll save it for next week, though, and we'll speak then. Have a good week, Dale. Yeah, no, son. Thanks. Cheers. See ya. Uh, that's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there, too, if you want to get in touch. Email your comments, zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk, and make sure you follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. Zero carbon east off.